Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. La ilaha illallah. Muhammad Abd wa Rasulullah. Muhammad was a voluntary slave. Slavery is something that the world sees as subjugation, as something that is put upon people against their will. So the concept of voluntarily being a slave is contrary to a lot of what is understood by people. So what does it mean to be a slave? What does it mean to surrender your will? What does it mean to be without the need to impose your point of view. It means a lot of things, and it means them differently to different people. But let's start somewhere. In order to be truly in unity with God, it means that personal ambition, personal will, personal desire has to be abandoned. Abandoned for what? Abandoned for the will of God. And how do you learn to abandon your will? How do you learn to give up the need to impose your ideas your thoughts, and the way you want things to be. Well, it's like the question to how do you get to Carnegie Hall. You practice. And how do you practice? Well, the Hadith tell us that marriage is half your deen half your religion, half your path. So, what's that mean? It means that in marriage, you practice how to culminate your being into reality. And what is the end of that path? And the end of that path is total absolute surrender. So, in marriage, you practice what? You practice surrender. You practice being in a relationship with somebody on this earth who you can allow to overwhelm your will without any reaction who you trust 
to the degree that what they say is okay without a question. Because of the relationship and because we need to have that kind of companionship within the world in order to understand our relationship in Hak. We need to have relationships in the world that emulate what our relationship with Allah should be. So we need relationships in which we can surrender. In which we surrender willingly. In which we surrender without objection. The most um, predominant kind of, the most predominant example of this relationship within Sufism is the relationship between the dervish and the master. The dervish surrenders to the master's will. He surrenders to the master's will because of the master's overwhelming love, which creates overwhelming trust, which creates the atmosphere where this surrender can occur. So, there are a lot of components to this surrender. But at the beginning of it, there's love. Because it's through love that surrender becomes possible. Without love, surrender retracts. Surrender becomes animosity. What needs to happen is there needs to be love to induce trust and that induces surrender. So the sheikh becomes the example of what is true, of what is loving, of what is non-menacing, of what is mercy and compassion. And through learning, through that example, with the sheikh, you can then transfer that to Allah. And it's the same thing in human relationships. Not everyone has the opportunity to have a sheikh. So you have to find people within your community where those kinds of relationships can occur. And the most evident one is the relationship of husband and wife. You live under the same roof. You share everything. I mean, I was looking around this house a few days ago, and I realized that my wife and I picked every single one of these things out together. That everything that went on here went on together. That for the last 40-some years, everything I've done, not everything, most of the things I've done, have been in a sense of together. We need to develop 
that integrated phenomenon of personality and everything else with somebody else without holding back. And that has to become easy for us. And as it becomes easy for us, that integration, then the integration with God becomes easier because we've learned in the dunya, in the world, to break down the barriers that resist integration. We've learned to break down the barriers that insist on our own supremacy. To break down the barriers that maintain the illusory significance of the egocentric self. And as we do that, we become less important. We become less sanctimonious. We become less stiff. We become less willful. And we become closer to the true will that belongs to Allah. And people can help us do that. How? When you see somebody, you tell them you love them. And that's one way to start. Uh, my teacher, Muhammad Rahim Baal Muhayyadeen, when he would see somebody, would say to them, as a greeting, my love you, my child. And the word love was in constant play. The word love was in constant repetition. And the actions that are love were also constantly in play and constantly in repetition. Now, that doesn't mean that it took with every disciple. And that doesn't mean that every disciple was capable of transmitting and understanding that. But it does mean that there was a beacon sending out a constant signal of that love. And if you wanted to, you could get in front of that beacon and see what the effect of that love was. And what the effect of that love was, one, it became evident to you that you felt better when you were with it and in front of it. So the first thing that it did was it drew you closer to the beacon for more and more time. The second effect was you began to trust the beacon because as it continued to send out love in almost every circumstance, constantly, you began to realize that when you went there, love was what you would get. When you were confident that love was what you would get, trust developed. And when that trust grew deeper and deeper and deeper and grew roots, you began to surrender to the intent of that love. Now, imagine in a household where the word love 
is repeated constantly. I love you. I love you too. I love you. I love you too. I love you. I love you too. It can't be said often enough. There is no too much I love you. So, we have to be cognizant of the power of exemplifying love. We have to be cognizant of the power of giving love. And we also have to understand that we have to be able to receive love. So it isn't like, here I am, a beacon of love, giving love out to everybody. If you can't take the love back that's coming to you, if you block that, this isn't a love relationship. It's a will relationship. So, as love comes, it has to be accepted and accepted with the same intensity that it's given. And as this intensity grows and grows and grows, it becomes a constant. And once it becomes a constant, a change occurs in the relationship and a change occurs in your life. So whatever circumstances we're in, Whoever it is that is in our social circle, whether we're married or in non-married relationships or in friend relationships, we have to be able to have loving relationships. The prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, didn't only have relationships with his wife. He had relationships with all the men around him. And a certain group became his companions. And they surrendered to his love. And he loved them as he loved himself. This being able to love others as you love yourself is no small thing. It's the basis of being able to create a pathway towards reality. So, in our daily lives, and in our daily interactions, we have to have an expression, verbal, um, physical, um, of love. And we need to be able to do this on a regular basis. Even the psychologists have begun to understand that people who are told that they are loved often have less stress, feel better, and are much more capable of carrying on their lives in this difficult world. So each of us has to do what the sheikh did. 
We have to become a beacon of love. We have to become a transmitter of love. But also, at the same time, we have to become a receptor of love. We have to appreciate the love that others give us, and we have to bow to that love and accept that love and become a slave to that love. And then we also have to be a transmitter of love so that others can be able to go through the same process of trust and surrender. So, Islam means surrender. And surrender comes because of love. Because of trust. And the stronger those love-trust relationships become, and the more that you individually, as an individual, are involved in love-trust relationships, the more full your life becomes, the more exalted your existence becomes, the more easy it becomes for you to go through this world because you have support and you know it and you feel it and it goes to the very essence of your cells. That's how powerful it is. So we have to become open to giving and receiving love. We have to become open to giving and receiving trust. So we have to be lovable. We have to give love. We have to be trustworthy. And we have to trust. There's no place for cynicism on the path to Allah. And if cynicism is our way, then what we are doing is we are actively setting up barriers in the love-trust-surrender relationship. Cynics can't surrender. Cynics can't trust. Cynics can't love. We have to be sincere without cynicism. We have to drop those kinds of attitudes. And as our love grows, our closeness to Allah grows. Because in a loving relationship, you are celebrating the qualities of Allah, even though you may not be conscious that that's what's going on. Because you are participating in his essence. In a loving relationship, you are participating in what God is giving us all the time. And you've become part of it. And you've become a messenger for it. So, we have to be vigilant and conscious of our love. And we have to be of an understanding that it takes effort to maintain this, it takes work to maintain this, and that is the work that we are supposed to be doing. So, may Allah help each of us understand 
the absolute need for this love, the absolute need for this trust, the absolute need for this surrender. Because as we develop these relationships with our brothers and sisters and wives and husbands and mothers and fathers and uncles and aunts, we will also develop this relationship with our Prophet and with our God. Amin, amin, ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.